sensitives, we find ourselves in a world encouraging us to tune out when our greatest power is to tune in. And sometimes being tuned in is just frankly overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be that way. This is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature and to sort through the noise to help us find our inner truth. I'm your host, Marcy Moberg, a fellow sensitive, intuitive coach and healer and shadow worker. For the past two decades, I've been on a journey to heal and tune in to the unseen and unconscious realms of life. And seven years ago, I decided to dedicate my life to sharing what I've learned and guiding others to do the same. On this podcast, you'll find deep, real talk conversations, practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning intuitive questions. Equal parts spiritual and human, my work is trauma-informed and always practical. I'm so glad that your intuition led you here. Welcome to Tune In with Marcy. Hey there, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm so happy that you are joining me today. When... I completed a listener survey this summer. You asked for me to incorporate channeled messages and readings in season three. So for this episode, I heard strongly from my guides that they really wanted me to complete a card poll. Um, You know, in fact, I actually had like an entirely different episode planned, but since this kept coming through so strongly, I just decided to lean into this and figured that this is apparently exactly the episode we need right now. Um, So this week's episode is a rich intuitive card pull reading and a channeled message. So I pulled three cards from one of my favorite plant decks, the Illustrated Herbiary by Maya Toll. I really, really love different card decks and I find that Different decks nurture me at different times in my life. Probably I'll do an entire episode um, on card decks since it's something that comes up quite often in uh, classes that I teach and in my client work. And people usually have a lot of questions about card decks. Um, but I do have a lot of different decks that I've you know slowly gathered over um, the course of my life, and I use them at different times. Some card decks I go to and work with uh, for specific kinds of energies or intentions. Sometimes a deck might serve just a specific season of my life, and then it's complete. Um, kind of just depends. But this card deck has been hanging out with me um, for a couple of years now, I guess. And this card deck has really, really gorgeous full color illustrations and is entirely focused on, you guessed it, plants and one fungi. And it's probably the deck I've used the most throughout the pandemic. So the first card that came through is the anchor for our focus. And the card's main message is we are one. And it reflects the medicine of quaking Aspen. And so when I pulled this card, I smiled because this is a theme that I've been reflecting on a lot lately. This summer, I really found myself in a tight feeling space full of, you know, internal contradiction and constriction as the pandemic ticks on. I'm sure many of you listening have found yourself in similar places throughout this pandemic. And intuitively, I felt pulled to 
<clears throat> really nurture a, a wider perspective again to create more spaciousness in my body, giving more voice to the soul part of myself since I've been focused so much on the human side of me surviving this pandemic. A lot of, uh, you know, I've gone through periods of time in the pandemic where it's just been, I've really just needed to tend like most of my energy to my human self because there's just a lot happening. Um, and there's a lot of adjustments that we've had to go through. And as a space holder, uh, for people during this pandemic who have been going through very intense things as that space holder, it's also asked me to tend to my human self a lot more than I let's say typically need to. So there's been a big focus on just tending the human side of myself, the part of me that needs to survive, the part of me that needs to know I'm safe, you know. But this summer I really started feeling like, okay, it's 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 time to kind of start nurturing a little bit more, spending a little bit more energy in pouring into that soul part of myself, the spirit part of me, which I always tend to, but it you know, I, I find that at different times and seasons of life, there's like an ebb and flow of how much energy we pour into tending our human side versus how much energy we need to pour into tending into our spirit side. We need all of it, right? And with the human side, I'm including like our mind and our body. But things were feeling a little bit like out of balance for a little bit too long for me. So it was time for me to shift my perspective. And so I turned my attention to the pure consciousness awareness underneath it all. It's inside every single one of us. It's that part of us, you know, I always describe it as I feel like one of the easiest ways to get in touch with that is that when you are out in nature, for example, nature doesn't ask you to be somebody. And sometimes you forget the somebody you are, you know, you forget uh, the identification with the name and the stories and the you just are a sense of pure beingness and that's inside of all of us. And it's a very spacious place to seat your awareness, to seat your sense of self. And it's a part of ourselves that never leaves. And I really kind of feel like over the pandemic, I, I kind of, I knew, I know that that part of myself is there. I've been in touch with it for a long time, and it's been a central part of my practice for many, many, many years, um, ever since the beginning of meditation. But somehow with all of this tending, 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 tending in ways that have been much more enormous than I normally have had to tending all this human side of myself, I kind of feel like I lost touch with this part of myself along the way as my nervous system just kind of felt spent, you know, week after week with this very low simmer burner of anxiety that is the pandemic. And I saw this happen for a lot of friends, a lot of clients. It's, it's I think, something that many of us have gone through. So, so many of us have moved into really, really tight corners inside of ourselves. And it's time to expand back out, not in service of ignoring or denying the tight feelings. I am not a spiritual bypasser. I don't advise that. I don't advise stepping past your feelings, but rather what I'm suggesting and what I believe this card is suggesting underneath it all and the messages that I received through that is, is really it's time to create a bigger container, not to sidestep, but a bigger container to care for and hold our fears. 
So, you know, it's kind of like we're not just kind of lost in the, the, the only thing inside of us metaphorically is like this fearful part of ourselves. Um, that's kind of just getting by and, and, and instead that we're tapped into something wider that's able to hold that fearful part of ourselves. And I say even stepping beyond, because I do a lot of inner child work with people, I'd say even beyond the adult part of ourselves. I'm inviting us actually to tap into the ancient part of ourselves and to have the ancient part of ourselves hold the adult self, hold the inner child selves, hold the baby selves, if that makes sense. So it's like these nesting eggs. And typically, my discovery is, you know, typically usually tapping into the adult self is, is usually a big enough a container that then it just kind of, it automatically takes us into this expansive place. But given how much human tending we've needed, I think it's really important to intentionally tap into the ancient part of ourselves, our soul, that part of us that's eternal, that's been with us through many lifetimes. And this creates a greater capacity where our fears don't take up all the space in the inner rooms of ourselves and actually have a, like a chance to exhale. Oh, I'm safe, you know? This might sound theoretical for you now, but don't worry. If you know me, you know I'm practical and I will definitely get to the practical bits after I share some more of this reading. So make sure to stick around. The Quaking Aspen card invites us to root into connecting with greater consciousness. Something greater than ourselves, wider perspective, where we can see the forest through the, the trees. As I'm sharing some of these images, I'm trying to share them as an invitation to point towards what I'm talking about. Because what I'm talking about is something that's hard to talk about. It's, it's something that it is hard to make concrete. It's something that's more felt. And so some of what I'm sharing with you is to, is to support pointing you towards that, if that makes sense. And it's an invitation to tap into a greater sense of cosmic consciousness that we are both within and a part of, to dive our roots deep and to sense that when our roots dive into soil, we don't find themselves alone. Like they don't, like our roots are not alone. Imagine if you're a tree and you dive your, your roots down into soil. They're not alone. Instead, we find ourselves held by earth underneath us. Not like in some void. It's not the, like the roots are just going nowhere. There's earth. We have this planet that, that, that's home. We have this land that literally supports our feet while we walk. The structure is where we live. And also when we, we, we kind of draw our attention and our roots down, when we kind of stay, connect into our body in a deeper way inside of this container of having support from earth, we also recognize that if we are a tree that... We would find that there are other trees, plants, beings. There's other people. So there's this like wider web of life that exists underneath the earth that's there and alive. And I think that's quite profound to reflect on that, you know, never alone. So since moving to the forest and the mountains, I, I often reflect on how just unalone I am living here. If I leave my perception open to the fact, but it all plays, it, it all comes down to perception. I can walk through the forest and feel completely alone, or I can do the exact same walk and not feel alone. It all depends on where my mind is focused. It all depends on how I'm holding my perception. 
When I leave my perception open, I recognize that I'm within this wider field of existence and that there are so many beings that call the place where I live home together. So whether you live in a forest or a city, your home is no different. There, you know, there are beings there that share that space with you. Animals, insects, you're never alone. Other people. But where our attention focuses really decides whether we find ourselves alone or amidst togetherness. And in the zooming out beyond our individual fear, we recognize the universal web that we belong to and are held in that's needed the most right now. It is that universal web. It is that connectedness. It is that knowing that we're not alone. I believe that is the remedy for this sense of on is part of the remedy of this ongoing low simmer pandemic anxiety that we're having because underneath the pandemic anxiety is really this sense that we are alone, that we're disconnected, that we're isolated. Uh, and really, really at a fundamental level is the question of if we're safe, but if we're held in a wider web that is not, uh, you know, that is supporting us, then it inherently it starts to, it can start to shift things literally physiologically in our nervous system to let us know we are safe, that we can feel held. So the wider field of nature and life has really the magic to do this and expand our internal container as we reflect on the wider external container, right? So as we reflect on the metaphors that are around us and the realities that are around us in this external container, that's really, really wide. When we reflect on that in nature, when we reflect on that in the world around us, it helps us to, to recognize or maybe get a little bit more in touch with an expansive internal container that's also accessible to us. I felt inspired to do some research on the unique roots of Aspen since I didn't know a lot about them. And what I found really impressed me. You know, a lot of times I find that these cards that have plant associations, when you start to explore the plants themselves, there's just so much medicine and metaphor in the actual um, way that the plants grow or form or aspects of how they're shaped. So first, aspen trees plant, uh, the aspen trees prefer to grow in a colony where parent trees care for young clone trees. In other words, they don't grow in isolation. They don't grow in isolation. And an aspen tree, an, an aspen forest has been, has both many trees and one tree. Do you get it? Like it's, there's many trees, but it's also actually the same tree because it's cloning itself, which is quite interesting, I think. And the, the hilarious note is that as I was writing this episode at this exact moment, um, a song by the group Black Pumas uh, played on my Spotify and played the following lyrics. Strangers on the road, we are on, we are not two, we are one. And I just think that that's quite amazing. So feels quite true. Aspen trees can live up to 40 to 150 years above ground, but some aspen trees are known to be present on earth for almost 80,000 years. 
80,000 years. And the roots of aspen trees can stay vital for years, even after the tree above the ground is dead. I think that just shows us like, and this connects later to what I'm going to talk about related to ancestors, but the roots never, like the, the roots maintain this certain amount of vitality. So it's all about our roots. It's all about our connectedness. It's all about this like wider holding underneath the floor of us. It all comes down to roots, yeah? Having the courage to be in our bodies when we want to check out, having the courage to root into place when we want to be somewhere else, having the courage to root into the wider perspective, our inherent connection with life and each other when we want to contract. How do we gather this courage? By tapping into this wider perspective. So a wonderful practice that's accessible regardless of whether you live in a city or a rural area is a sky meditation. So you let yourself lay on the ground like a kid or lean yourself back in your chair and look up or while sitting inside, look out the window and stare at the sky. And as you look at the sky, reflect on the vastness of the sky, both in what's like within your perceptible field of how wide it is, right? But also in the sense of knowing like, wow, it goes for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, miles and miles and miles, kilometers and kilometers, up, 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 up. And as you reflect on this vastness, receive it. Allow it to come to you like a gift. So you're not going out there and seeking it and trying to grab it and pull it back, but you're instead, of, you're kind of allowing yourself to just soften and open, almost like a camera lens. And, and you're allowing this vastness as, to come in as a gift you're taking into your body and then just notice how that feels. Maybe at some point, the, the tight container of yourself starts to feel a little bit more vast like the sky. It's a really profound practice. We can also look to the sky as a reminder that when we're in our fears, we're looking at the perspective of us on the earth. The world seems small there. Like, you know, if you just stand where you are on the earth and that's it, and you're only aware of yourself, like, world seems pretty small. But if we can shift our perspective to the sky, imagine like we, we could zoom up and we could see ourselves amongst the earth. And if who we are represented just our fears, we would see that our fears are not as big as they appear when we're standing directly inside them. So we can play with these metaphors and these images and these shifts in perspective to notice what happens. And maybe as we do, it starts to, to soften some things. So in other words, I want to leave you with this question. What if you are truly as vast as the sky? Marcy here. Speaking of the power of healing, I believe at the center of all healing is a reconnection to our intuition, the seat of our inner truth and authenticity. Now, the question is, how do we do that? I would say that we learn how to hear and trust our inner voice. That's really what it comes down to. And I would love to invite you to watch my free masterclass, Hear Your Inner Voice, where I explore this topic and I explore the three main obstacles 
to hearing our intuition and how to address them. You will walk away with practical exercises and tips that you can start implementing right away. And those three obstacles that I notice the most are self-doubt, knowing the difference between fear and intuition, and discerning our own heart's guidance. You can watch this free masterclass now at marcymoberg.com forward slash masterclass. That's marcymoberg.com forward slash masterclass. I can't wait to share with you more. Let's talk about what my guides communicated with me is our obstacle right now. The next card that came came with the message crack open, and it was a card of rose. The ongoing pandemic has led many of us to start to shut down in our heart stancers. And it's a natural reaction to so much that we've been taking in and dancing with. That's so unusual. I would say now we're invited to make some intentional choices to start to slowly open back up energetically, emotionally. We've been dancing with the theme of death the entire pandemic. Physical death of people transitioning from illness, identity deaths. So much of this process has really stripped us bare to realize what we need to let go of in order to move forward. Now, some of us have moved with this a little bit more willingly, <laughs> let's say. We've, we've decided to take some of those invitations and, uh, and work with them and have them pair how we edit our lives, how we, uh, the kind of inner work that we've chosen to work on. Some of us have resisted this. So maybe you still haven't gone through your metaphorical death process, but I know I certainly have been going through them and leaning into it. And in my own networks, I've seen this pandemic spark uh, partnerships to fall apart and end. I've seen a lot of relationship, which is like relationship death, uh, friends disappearing, friend breakups. Uh, we've witnessed people in denial of what's happening for us collectively by checking out and pretending that there's no pandemic. And uh, we've also witnessed people so, 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 so checked into the suffering of what's happening collectively or in their own lives, that there really isn't space for, for anything else. And all of this has reasonably led us to close down because it, it's a lot. It's a lot. But the brave question now is, what are you struggling to stay open to right now? Where are you being invited to open up again, in some subtle way, and where are you maybe slightly resisting that? And how could you gather the courage to open just a tiny crack? Not, not crack open like a forceful crack open, because that certainly will stir um, different parts of yourself to freak out. Let's not do that. <laughs> Gentleness is, is key. Are you struggling to hold the complex, for example, that there can be goodness even in times of suffering? And is there a little way that you can crack open just a tiny bit to allow a couple more drops of goodness to come in? Or to acknowledge the raw feelings that have bubbled up inside of you that you're just pushing strong to push down. So you're just like 
pushing those feelings down to make it through your day? And is there a way that you could uh, ritualistically make a little space and allow a couple drops of those raw feelings to come through and to move up and out of you? Whatever we're collapsing down from, we're invited to mindfully crack open. And it's in that openness where that wider perspective that I talked about at the top of the reading comes from. They are paired together. If we, are, if we aren't open, if we don't have a certain amount of receptivity in, in, in ourselves, it's very hard to create a wider perspective to access that, to the access that ancient part of ourselves. The wisdom of the rose lies in the ability to honor one's boundaries while staying open. So I call this kind of boundary keeping and managing fortifying boundaries versus repelling or uh, powering over or shutting down boundaries. You know, like in fortifying boundaries, we're fully in the power of our choice. And we recognize that there's a way to both stay open and maintain boundaries. In other words, we're able to stay fully rooted in ourselves while uh, staying open. We can, we can do that. But if we're in a repelling boundary, it's kind of like, you know, the way that I like to talk about it is it's almost like a fortress wall. Like we just build these really intense walls around us. We shut everything out because we believe that's the only way that we can create boundaries. In that situation, the, the center of power is actually outside of ourselves. So the rose knows how to create boundaries where the center of power is inside of ourselves. And rather than repelling and shutting down as a form of boundaries, we recognize that we can wear our thorns while blooming softly. And the secret is staying rooted in ourselves while holding the wider perspective of our oneness. In other words, really, really staying in contact with ourselves, staying in connection with ourselves while holding openness in connection with others. So it's holding complex. It's the ability to stay connected to me while I'm with thee, metaphorically, you know. How do we do this? I would say slowly and with baby steps. So consider where you're feeling closed off and and what is one safe, tiny step to open. So you might want to do that by connecting to the vast feeling of the sky, for example, doing that sky meditation I suggested earlier. Um, Feeling that body in your body, feeling that sensation rather in your body, like really noticing how the body shifts as you feel that and then from there seeing what tiny opening steps might feel more doable for you so now let's talk about the last card the last card I pulled I was told is the opportunity and the message is remembrance and the plant rosemary which is a plant that I adore I literally just I have three rosemary plants I literally just put them in the earth where we live Um, They've been hanging out here for a while, adjusting to the climate, and um, I just planted them in the earth. And uh, this last card really is a connection to our ancestors. Our ancestors really hold solutions for us, and they seem very loud right now. Uh, They're very, you know, I always find them to be more active around this time of the year, traditionally, and they seem really loud this time of year for myself, for my clients, for my friends, I've seen this happen. 
And where I am in the Northern Hemisphere, we're in this season of the year that I personally think of as ancestor season. I just, the fall for me is that, uh, both based on how active they get and then also based on traditionally the kind of celebrations, rituals, uh, festivals that would happen at this time of year, practices. It's a time when many of our ancestors traditionally remembered loved ones who transitioned, honoring ancestors ritually, personally, and in community. So for example, uh, my Irish ancestors have the celebration of Samhain, and that is often very much connected to uh, ancestor work and ancestral remembrance. So our ancestors survived pandemics, and they carry the wisdom of survival, resilience, and remind us through their support that we're not alone we are one. We're both living, they are both like living in spirit and through our bodies at the same time, right? So there, it's kind of this understanding that they both exist on the spirit realm, but they also literally live in our bodies. And they give us the ability to grow our own roots in our family tree when we lean on the well support and wisdom in our lineages. So if you feel inspired, you could explore how your ancestors honored past ancestors at this time of the year Um, and you know, you might reflect on if, if it feels uh, connective, whether rosemary, it can be a part of that for you. Rosemary is a traditional plant in many cultures, uh, including some of my indigenous European ancestors that was used for ancestral remembrance, um, burning the scent of the plant as an offering, hanging, uh, rosemary branches on the doorway of a home for protection as we invite our ancestors back home. Uh, for these festivities. And in fact, some studies, you know, show that smelling fresh rosemary actually helps with memory. So that's kind of all those connections of of why rosemary has such a special place. It has a special place on a magical realm, on a, a ritual realm, and then also just really on a practical realm of remembrance. So if any of that resonates with you, that might kind of light up some ways of how you might be able to honor remembrance. The last, you know, I don't even know how many months it's been now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say 18 plus months of the pandemic have been really a huge initiation for many of us. And what I hear loudly from my ancestors is that, that they and the earth are calling us back home to our roots, to reconnect to the planet we call home, to the people we called our own, uh, to the, the you know this human family with each other. To just kind of really get out of this kind of, you know, very individualized space of our minds and and really locate ourselves within these wider fields of awareness and connectivity and to recognize each other as a wider part of an earthly ecosystem. So to close, I turned to my guides to see if they had any parting words and here's what one of them had to say. Um, who I sense is one of my European ancestors and is both beautiful and it gave me a little chuckle. So remember us in the forest, remember us in the leaves, remember us in the morning and in the eve. We bring comfort to those in need and we bring remembrance to those who seethe. You are the apple and we are the tree. When you bite, we become thee. There is a time for this and a time for that, but now is the time to remember us. That is a fact. 
So light your fires and burn them bright. Remember us on this holy night. Uh, This made me smile because (laughs) normally I don't get poems. Like, I don't get poems and I definitely don't get cheeky rhymes. But I loved this little reminder to remember so much. I feel like there's so much richness in this. This sense of this beautiful imagery of the ancestors being like the tree and we're the apple. And it's kind of like when we, you know, come back in into ourselves in relationship to that, it's like they, they become us, we become them, we recognize that, that really ancient connection. Um, and it's interesting that they gave me this, this image also of apple because um, traditionally in, in folk traditions, apple is this kind of symbol of immortality. It's this, it's this, it's, it actually, is a plant that a tree that sometimes um, was planted in in graveyards, and it's it's this reminder that the the ancestors, uh, those who have transitioned, you know, when we when we pass, we become part of the earth, and and the earth feeds those who are living, and it becomes this cycle. And the tree is like this reminder of that in in uh, those traditionally in cemeteries they don't really get planted now but traditionally it's this reminder of like the fruiting of the of the tree is a reminder that the the ancestors fed the earth and the earth feeds us but also i would say on a spirit realm the ancestors like we we are in this deep relationship with each other of 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 that feeding if we allow it in a in a healthy way in a way that the wellness the wellness of the of the lineage and the wisdom of the lineage uh, can feed us in this lifetime and guide us and to recognize that there is this mirroring of uh, being in the forest and the leaves. And, and there are some uh, ancient beliefs that ancestors um, eventually would evolve and could become incarnate as trees. It could be incarnate as different elements of nature, as those wider spirits. And so it's just this really, there's just so much depth to what came through for this. And I just feel like it's such a perfect way to, to sum up what, what came through in the reading and what we've been talking about. So to close, I have one request, and that is I would love for you to share this episode with one friend or a loved one. Um, we say in my household, sharing is caring. And that's kind of what I want to invite you to do. I spend a really good chunk of my work week actually writing, recording, editing, and finishing the latest podcast episode. I created this podcast as an, as an offering to really give access to and make accessible a lot of these teachings, and it would feel really, really good to have you share this episode with, with someone, because this is my life's work, and it's a free way for you to express gratitude, give back, and to spread the love with others. So most podcast apps have a share button, and this allows you to message the episode directly, or there's an option to copy and paste the episode link, so that's another way you can share. But another really easy way is you can take a screenshot, and then you can share it on social media and tag me, if you do, at Marcy Moberg. Um, I would love to see your screenshots here from you. And I just want to thank you in advance for supporting my work. It it feels really good um, when you do. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. And um, until next time, I will leave you with my personal mantra, being you takes courage. Much love. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today with me. I hope you love the episode and it enriches you as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts, share your rating, and leave a review, ideally five stars. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a single episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at www.marcymoberg.com. Until next time, remember, being you takes courage. Lots of love.